Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Friday, July 8th, 2022, and this is day 1571 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you, we praise you, and glorify you. Thank you so much for waking us up and equipping us to go forth and fulfill the purpose that you've given us for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today's message is turning point, turning point. There comes a time in our lives where there may be this fork in the road where we try to figure out which direction do I go now? Is it time to leave this space or should I stay? And God gives us direction if we pay attention to him and if we know his voice. Otherwise, we stay somewhere longer than God ever intended and we suffer sometimes because of it. We're going to be coming out of 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 29 through 34, and then chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. 1 Kings 16, 29 through 34, and 17, verses 1 through 9. And we're talking about Elijah and two of the most evil people that ever lived, Ahab and, excuse me, Ahab and uh, his very wicked wife, Jezebel. Jezebel was actually the most evil woman that ever lived. And she was evil. She was a murderer. She killed people because they didn't do what she wanted them to do. Uh, One time when her husband Ahab wanted the vineyard of a a man that lived near the palace and And he refused to give it to him. He had his own little vineyard and the king had everything else. He owned his own, you know, gardens and vineyards. And and this man was saving it. You know, it was part of his family inheritance. And and he wanted to pass it on down his family line. And and, uh, one day he was at home sulking and Jezebel says, what's wrong with you? And he said, well, so-and-so wouldn't give me their vineyard when I asked for it. She said, get up. You shouldn't be acting like this. You need to suck it up, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I'm just adding to it, okay? I'm I'm just saying it the way I think. But um, yeah, and so, uh, but in general, she did say, get up. And he, she went to the man and had him killed and, and took the vineyard. And, and that was, that did not, of course, did not please God. And they suffered greatly. So that just gives you an idea of who we're dealing with here. So now in 1 Kings chapter 16, 29, it says, In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, son of Omri, became king of Israel, and he reigned in Samaria over Israel 22 years. Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil 
in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, but he also married Jezebel, daughter of Ethbel, Ethbel, I'll say, king of the Sidonians, and began to serve Baal and worship him. Baal was one of the most uh, evil idols uh, that they, people would put up uh, in their temple, and they worshipped this evil being. He set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal that he built in Samaria. Ahab also made an Assyria, Assyria pole and did more to arouse the Lord, the anger of the Lord. So, and, and so the God of Israel then did all the kings of Israel before him. And the Assyria pole was the male, the female counterpart to Baal. And she was known for fertility and also um, prostitution. Uh, there were lots of orgies and things like that that would take place around the Assyria pole. And so, verse 34, in Ahab's time, he, Hiel of Bethel rebuilt Jericho. He laid it found, its foundations at the cost of his firstborn son, Abiram, and set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son, Sagam, in accordance with the word of the Lord, spoken by Joshua, son of Nun. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word. And this was a very uh, powerful prophet, Elijah. Uh, and <laughs> Ahab and many of the kings could not stand him because he spoke the word of God boldly and he spoke truth. And most times that truth came directly against the evil that they were doing. So if it doesn't rain and it didn't rain for three and a half years, if it did not rain, that means there will be a drought. That means no food will grow. That means people will suffer and die. And more so, the king and his entourage would also suffer. So after he said that, verse 2 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. I'm going to just stop for a minute <laughs> because, okay, a couple of things. Uh, God led him to a place to hide out, to protect him. And he said, there's a brook there and I'm going to supply you with water from that. The other thing he said, I am going to feed you through the ravens. Ravens were known as unclean animals to God. And for him to use these animals to bring food to Elijah. 
says a lot about our Lord. <laughs> God will do whatever he chooses to do. And he will do it in the way he chooses to do it. So we need to get into this understanding that even if we know that God is doing, telling you to do something and it goes kind of, you know, against what you you think, you know, like God doesn't use these type of birds, so that's not God. You may think that, but you need to understand and think according to what God gives you and simply obey. That's what Elijah could have done, but he didn't. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have called a widow there to supply you with food. Something wrong with that statement too. <laughs> I mean, here's the here's the thing that stands out. Yeah, the it, it the brook dried up. He told him to leave and to go at once, to not hesitate, to go to Zarephath. And he says, "I have directed a widow to take care of you." Again, that seems to be contradictory to what God would do because widows uh, typically just the word widow lets you know that that person could very well be in stark poverty. If they are a widow, uh, that means they have no one to possibly take care of them unless they had sons to take care of them. Then they could be successful. But But in this woman's case, she did not. And he says, this woman, he could have reasoned it out. How on earth is she going to take care of me? And <laughs> she's a widow. But he got up and he went. And then it says, when he came to the town gate, and I'm reading more than I said I was going to read, but let me go ahead. The Holy Spirit says, read it. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Well, God sent him to a woman that is suicidal or who has lost all hope, who is depressed and down. And understandably so. <laughs> Look at what's going on. There is a drought. People are starving. And she's saying, I don't have anything. I don't have enough for you. Elijah says to her, don't be afraid. <laughs> after all that, after she's pouring out, her heart, he says, don't be afraid. You know, he saw the fear. But we may see, hey, she's hurt. She's down. But he said, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Hold up. You mean you're going to take food from out of my child's mouth? 
That's what I would be thinking. And in this case, here's what she did. For this is what the Lord, this is, this is Elijah still talking. He says, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. Oh, she was obedient. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So after some time, it says that the woman's son got sick and he died. And the woman went to Elijah and was like, you know, hey, my son has died. You know, basically, you know, did you bring this up on us? She says, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow? I am staying. Well, this is this is Elijah talking to the Lord. <laughs> he says, let me back up verse 19. He says, give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid on him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Even Elijah is, is shocked. Then he stretched out himself out on the body, on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him. And he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. So there was some doubt. And listen, that's going to happen. We may not always believe that people are who they say they are. And so God allowed that for a reason. What is it that God is allowing in your life for a reason? What is it that God is saying to shift from and go somewhere else and you're still stuck at the brook Cherith, waiting on God to bless you there? When God says, my blessings have left that place, I've moved on to the widow woman. What is the widow woman for you? What is that place? What does that look like? Who is that that you should be hanging with that God is saying, you know, move on from that person, this group, and move on to the next group? This group brings you nothing but harm. This group where I'm sending you may not be someone that's favorable. It may not be look the way you think, like the ravens that are dirty were considered unclean birds. But even now in the New Testament, God said everything he created is good. We just simply thank him for it. We before we eat it and bless it, pray over it and thank him. God said, everything I made is good. Point number one, many times we put up with so much because we feel like that's all we can do. Actually, we're doing our best in the situation that continues to cause us unnecessary problems. Sometimes this is occurring because we did not move, move on when God told us to. You're stuck in this place that means you no good. That could be physically stuck or mentally stuck. One of our spiritual sons, 
stopped by our house the other day on Wednesday. And uh, we we had not seen him for two to three years. We had moved to California. And when we encountered him, he told us he moved to New Mexico. He joined us uh, for our Bible study. He came just before Bible study. And afterwards, he began to tell us about a time he was deeply rejected by someone he truly cared about and loved. He thought they cared about him also and that they loved him. Until one day he stopped by their house in desperate need of help. And instead of them finding out what was wrong or going on, they never opened their door and they spoke to him through the screen and said, leave and to never come over again. He was crushed. But one thing he said to us, God told him a long time ago to not go to that place, to leave that person's church sometime before all of this even happened. But he continued to stay. And sometimes we do the same thing. And and it's something that is purely, most times, just something very innocent. But yet we're suffering because of it. When God is saying, I'm no longer there. You know, and and you know, the Bible says, to not divorce, right? But if you're in a situation where you're being abused, where you're being mentally or physically abused, verbally or physically, that is not of God. God is not blessing that. That person has a choice to do what's right or wrong to their loved one. And if they are doing, causing you harm, you need to get out of that place. You see, Because sometimes we can take that word and apply it in areas that God never intended for it to be applied to. And so we need to really analyze that. I'll never forget uh, when I was a teenager, a friend of mine, I would go to her house and uh, her mom and dad uh, would be there at the house. And her father was very mean to the wife, to the mother. I mean, I I could not understand why she stayed in that. I mean, he was verbally abusive and putting her down and talking bad about her. And and she would just say nothing, you know. Uh, She was a very kind-hearted lady. And I remember, you know, after growing up, years later, after I got saved and I was visiting another church with our church, we were there singing, uh, our choir was at their church, And there was my friend's mother. And there was something so different about her. She had this great glow. She was so happy. I had not seen her that way before when I would go visit their house as a teenager. And she had said, I said, how are you doing? And she said, I'm doing wonderful. And I said, how's your family, blah, 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 or something like that. She said, I'm no longer with them, with my husband. I moved on. And she said it was the best thing for her to do. You're going to know. And I'm just using that for an example. It may be something else God is saying. You may have gotten sick and the doctor prescribed you medication. And you're saying, I'm not going to take it. (laughs) I'm waiting on God to heal me. And God is saying, I am healing you through the medication. (laughs) And we're just sitting there. I'm not going to take it. And we're suffering. And we're having problems. And God said, that is 
how your healing is going to come. See, we put God in a box and think, oh, I can only be healed this way. No, God will use doctors. And so if you're not taking it and then you wonder why am I suffering? I'm just saying in general, maybe that's not the case. But if it is, we need to do what God is saying to do. Do what God is blessing instead of doing something else and asking God to bless that. God may say, uh, or your doctor or whatever, you need to exercise. That's going to help to keep you physically fit. And that's going to help you to wean off of certain medications. And you don't exercise. You know, I'm guilty. <laughs> exercise is not the most favorite thing to do, but I got to force myself. The older I get, the more I got to really do that because it's easy to pack it on. And not just the weight, but the unhealthiness that comes along with it. And so... You wonder, why am I suffering? Well, or you may be going to a certain place, a location that God delivered you from, and you're hanging out with people that mean you no no good. They're still doing the same old thing they were doing 10 years ago and not prospering. And and every time you go there, you fall into that same old trap. You you may have gone through rehab (laughs) to, you know, and be delivered off the drugs and did a very good job and And then as soon as you got out of rehab, you go right back to that same old location. And there you are again in that same old rut. I'll never forget a friend of mine who said when God delivered her and got her off of drugs and she yielded. And um, the the other thing God said, do don't go back on prospect. Don't go back. That, That was the area where she would go to get whatever she was getting. And and she obeyed and she left. And God blessed her tremendously. But there were a few times she said she messed up and she got back and and she said, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't want to live like that anymore. Where is it that God is saying for you to stop going? What are you doing that God is saying to stop doing? Who are you hanging with that God said to stop hanging around with? It's time to shift. This is your turning point. With Elijah... The brook dried up. What brook has dried up for you? With Elijah, the deliveries from the ravens stopped. The food and the water stopped. What has stopped for you? With Elijah, when new the new direction made no sense <laughs> to go to a widow woman to take care of you, he still went. What God says does not have to make sense to us. We simply need to obey. We simply need to be obedient. Don't worry about it making sense. Those two things, raven and widow, will feed you. Those don't make sense according to what we may have known of God. But God is not about making sense. God is the creator of all things. He created sense. (laughs) So understand that. Do what God is calling you to do. I I realized you many years ago that the normal workplace was not for me. And every time I would go, you know, I I never lasted on a job more than three years. I couldn't stand the unfair treatment and the racism that I encountered on the jobs. And I just, I'm grateful that I had a husband, that my husband, he would work somewhere and stay there until the building caved in if he had to, because he... He was just that way. And he was a he was a great provider for his family. 
And I just thought, Lord, I can't do this. And God said, I, this is where you need to be. And that was to be an entrepreneur, to start my own business. And I can remember a time where I was struggling, trying to figure out what do I do? And then God gave me an idea. And, and I, I was like, surely not. And the Lord said, yes. And I'm like, I don't have any money, Lord. I, I don't have the resources. Yes, you do. I'm with you. I will provide. Just start. Don't worry about what you don't have. Be concerned with what you do have. And that is the brain to do with the idea, the vision. And so I did. And I started it. And instead of going to some printer or designer to come up with my business card, the Lord said, your son is an artist. Have him do it. He drew up. I told him how I wanted my business card to look. It was serving clean and how I wanted this hand and as it's serving Uh, with a tray on it, and he drew it up. Then I took it and had it printed up and turned into business cards, and and voila, we started. (laughs) And got the business license, did all those things, and began. And it was a struggle in the beginning. It seemed to be, but that was something that I needed to go through to condition me, to prepare me for doors that will be shut in my face and for hardships that would come along with it but how to be resilient, how to bounce back. And the business flourished after I began to be obedient and kept knocking on doors and saying, here's what we do. We provide staffing for parties and events. Can we, you know, would you use us? And I'll never forget when 18th and Vine, um, the new one, when they redid it all and they had their huge party. And there was a lady there that was the event coordinator for the whole thing. And I knocked on her door probably 20 times. I called her all the time, said, please use our staff. You won't be sorry. And she finally met with me and it was on and she hired us. And I was so excited. That was the first really big check that we got. And from that point on, doors opened. That woman, whenever something came up, she was doing would call on me. But we have to keep doing what God said do. And leave where God is saying leave from and begin to go to where he would have us to be. And don't worry about it not making sense. It makes God. Okay, it's God. It just is about being obedient. That's it. So go do what God has called you to do. Get up. Leave that place where you've been feeling like this is my secure security blanket. God said, no, I'm not there. (laughs) Time to move on. Oh, he loves us so much. That is why he wants you to know this. All right? Get on up. Get to moving. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what this is all about. We're not going to be here forever. We're going to spend eternity either with Jesus or in hell. And God never intended for people to go to hell. That was made for Satan and a third of the angels that followed him. But then if we follow Satan, that's where we'll go. So this is your day. God loves you so much. And I, and so do I. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org. Become a partner with us. Help to support us financially and with your prayers and any resources to help us continue to uh, do what God has called us to do in teaching our youth workforce skills and life skills, entrepreneurship, development, peer mediation, all of these things. And we need your help. And we appreciate you so much. And we appreciate all of you who have been supporting us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day. Fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.